right, folks, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. In the words of Mace, uh, those of you that remember it, you are with the Dull Crans now. Um, and once again, uh, I am your host, Gabriel Zuger, um, along with guest co-host uh, Tony from the Bronx. Tony from the Bronx. You, do you know that welcome back? Do you know where that sample is from? Where is that? Uh, see, that's a TV I, show. It's a TV show. Is it Welcome Back, Cotter? It is Welcome Back, Jesus Cotter. Christ. It's hey, Mr. Cotter. Mr. Hey, Cotter. Cotter. Come on now. Listen, Education. Listen, Bronx, dig, Cotter. You got to dig. You got to dig, Mr. Cotter. Uh, you also got to dig. Uh, what was the What was the '90s show? Uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That's Fucking Mark Curry, shit. right? Or no? it was Mark Curry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell's yeah, it was yeah. in Oakland, Oakland California. Fucking hanging with Mr. Cooper was the shit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They they're, actually they don't play any reruns of that show. Like Fresh Prince. I remember around, finding. I remember day, finding reruns of Hanging with Mr. Cooper on like. It wasn't UPN, but it was like it was like one of those you know hundreds channels yes, like yes, UPix yes, yes, or yes, something. Yes, yes. I don't know what it was, and they would play Hanging with Mr. Cooper, and they would play the PJs. Do you remember the Claymation oh, show, the PJs? Eddie Murphy voiced the Super, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, where is all of this shit going? Yeah. Like, how are you guys on this random ass well, channel? Nowadays, you get you get Fresh Prince and the Jamie Foxx show. Are there reruns of the Jamie Foxx show being played? Uh, Jamie Foxx is played. I know for sure it's played on BET because I definitely have watched it Holy several times. Holy shit. But that's been rerun for at least the last five to seven years, if not longer. Yeah, Jamie Foxx show. The Jamie Foxx show is classic. Blame People it need to know. on the goose. <laughs> Jamie Foxx writing fucking jingles as a, what, hotel manager? Hotel manager. Jesus yep. Christ. Oh, yeah. There was a, and there was a few different cameos in that show that well but the other epic. one the other one while we're talking about this that i i i can't go without saying Please. because it is on our on our theme yeah. of education is the steve harvey show steve harvey steve harvey Woo! show also starring cedric the entertainer oh, yeah like wow they were yeah. nailing it with that one yeah i mean Steve Harvey is just a character in himself. Let's be real. He knows he works. how to market himself. He knows. So does Cedric. I mean, you can't well, get away from natural, Cedric. I mean, he's, when, when your name is Cedric he's the a Entertainer, baller. holy crap! You know you've made it. Yeah, Cedric the Entertainer. His job simply is to entertain. He knows what he's true. good at. And listen, I mean, God bless. I mean, I'm all no, about that. Steve, sure. Steve was a great straight man. He yeah. he knew how to play it. I mean, dude is killing our family. He made a brilliant show. He's made a brilliant career out of it. Yeah. yeah. No. Fucking killing it. Uh, so, yeah. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back to the Dull Crans. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Really good this to be is back. very, very exciting territory. Second time guest host, we have to call you at this point. Right, Not feel, just guest. It feels good, but still, can't replace Mr. Julian. No, no, no. And can't Julian, Julian is much missed. It's much maligned that he's not here. He is still away. This time, though, he's on a different mission. We sent Julian on some professional development. We got such positive response from our last podcast uh, with uh, Tony from the Bronx's expertise and subjects of education that we decided to send Julian on uh, some professional development. 
So he's uh, he's actually out in Oregon visiting some schools, uh, the Opal School. Opal School? Oh, for oh, sure. I'm supposed to head familiar. out this summer. You're no. familiar with the Opal School. I know, I, know, I know a few pieces about the Opal School, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting I mean, program I have to be honest there. with you, you, you go there, you leave, and you feel professionally, physically developed. Are you a better person coming out of the Opal School? Would you say you are by far a more opal person? Okay. I think that you um, you you definitely look at life, especially educationally, through a different lens. Mm-hmm. Very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you're combining the regial, natural, material esque mm-hmm. mm-hmm. aspects as well as being able to present child work in a non traditional manner using mm-hmm. non traditional materials. Right. I also think that for you and Julian working together, you'll be able to reach topics and be able to talk about topics in a way that I think will come across to listeners. Yeah. Uh in a very professionally educational standpoint, especially given the fact that you mentioned that he has zero is that true? Zero education no classroom? educational background. Yeah. Whatsoever. So I think that Opal School will do him good. I hope you're having a blast. Great, great. And uh, the Opal School, we we always want to reiterate, not associated with the Oprah brand or the Oprah name. Everyone's getting a car today. Oh, no. Completely separate. separate. Uh, No, no. You get a school. You get a school. Nope. Sorry, guys. This is Opal, O-P-A-L, not Oprah. I think We Grow got a little confused there. Yeah, they were definitely excited about the prospect of getting a school and getting ahead of themselves. Yeah, we we don't want to have that happen again. What's Uh, in store for today? So for today, we will, of course, have uh, the snack report coming up. We want to talk about um, school safety a little bit. But having two male educators on, I did want to go into, I had a hot take the other day, and I want to run by you Uh um, with Julian. That um, has to do with the new Star Wars film. Have you seen this film? I have not. And to be fully honest with you, I'm not much of a Star Wars guru. Great. I've seen seen the first three, the trilogy, you would say. Yeah. Past that, I haven't. Great. This is not going to have any impact on your ability to discuss this whatsoever. And by the way, I've, I've enjoyed viewing all three. Oh, way to but, suck up to the audience. No, it's true. Because, you know, listen, I grew up with my dad reading the J.R.R. To- Token, you know, all, Tony, the, Tony, all those books. But Tony, is clearly, Tony is clearly read from our demographic. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Promotional material understands that we hit the uh, 28 to 37-year-old male Ooh. market heavy and hard. And, and I'm right in the heart of that. That's we great. bomb that. But you told me there's no judgments passed here, so I feel comfortable. There aren't. There aren't. Yeah. So you, you can feel well, comfortable so to what, say whatever what do we you have? Star Wars but and so, male educators? What's Star happening Wars and here? Educators. So, okay, so in, in the latest Star Wars and in the one previous, we learned that uh, Luke Skywalker at one point was convinced to start his own Jedi Academy um, and to take on Han and Leia's son as part of the program. You know, this is somebody with Skywalker blood in him. Sure. He's got the Jedi blood. Sure. Um, and I don't want to go as deeply as I did in past episodes about this, but suffice it to say, one night, Luke, who seems to be the only educator on premise, okay. goes into young Ben Solo's uh, tent or teepee or hut or whatever, and on the idea that he's basically going to kill him. Okay. 
and he's he's going to kill him because he sees the dark side in him or something. Uh, and Ben shields himself and protects himself. And smart Ben. He thinks he kills Luke in the process, and then he goes on to kill everybody in the Academy as a result. This is Ben or Luke? That this is Ben. So Ben goes on a tear. Wow. Okay. So my hot sure. take on this, now sure. mind you, Luke is wrong from the get-go. Yeah, We can course. acknowledge that. Yeah. There's something yeah. wrong with Luke's practices already, and we're going to get to that in a moment. Sure. But my hot take on this that I think the audience pretty well accepts is that Luke has been sexually molesting every member of the Academy thus far. Yep. He's the only one there. They live in separate huts. He visits them at night for various reasons. Consistently. Well, we don't know that. But, but what assume, we know, yeah. what we know is that he feels a certain amount of comfort visiting and power them. being able to, and power yeah. being able okay. to, right? Okay. And they're on a world by themselves, basically. They're very far away from their families. Sure. They have no contact with the outside realm. Okay. And that he came to this hut with the intention of silencing Ben Solo, because he felt like, like he opens up his lightsaber. He knows he's going to. He's there to kill. He had ben. an agenda. He had an agenda. He had an agenda. Okay. He's there you. to kill Ben. Okay. And for me, the reason he's there to kill Ben is because Ben knows something. Yeah, he's threatened by he's Ben. He's yeah. threatened. Of course. And Ben wants to say something. Whereas, he, as we say in the Bronx, he's shook. He's shook. He's shook. Luke is shook. Correct. And Ben recognizes this, and Ben says, hey, I'm tired of being raped and molested by you, yep. and I'm going to fight back. Okay. Or I'm not going to be killed by you. I'm going to – like, maybe maybe he, you know, he did accept – Defends uh, himself know, in certain ways. But he defends himself here. Sure. You know, life and death matter. He defends himself, and then he takes it upon himself to say, you know what? The rest of the Academy is traumatized by this. I'm going to have a hard enough time living with this myself. I'm going to spare them from that indignity. Mm. And I'm gonna kill them. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take mercy upon them. Sure. He thinks Luke is already dead, so he thinks this chapter is done, and he's gonna nail these kids and just get it over with because it's not worth it for yeah. the tragedy, the hell that they're gonna go through. And Ben clearly shows the hell that he's gonna go through later on sure. because he becomes Kylo Ren, and we all know Kylo Ren is. Oh, a I know Kylo. So Ren. my reason for bringing this up with you, because obviously I've well established this theory the right theory everybody should prescribe to it and the entire star wars franchise should be ruined as a result spoiler alert um your fucking life is spoiled that's the spoiler <laughs> <laughs> fucking sploosh sounds there um but my reason for bringing this up with you is luke is a is a male educator here okay okay and there's a lot of pitfalls with being a male educator and there are Plenty. certain rules that I feel like male educators need to abide by that, you know, maybe maybe they aren't the case with female educators, but many of them are still the case with female educators, but they are more so important with being a male. Sure. And I felt like you sure. could speak to this, whereas Julian cannot, you could speak to this more than he. So okay. what, what are your number one rules for being a male educator? Like what, what comes to your mind? Like, yeah, I mean, listen, I... Let me start by saying this is, I believe, if I'm counting correctly, year 10 for me in education between being an assistant, being a head, being a co, back to a head, being and, a co again. And this is year nine for me. Yeah. So we're so right we, there we in the have, ballpark. We have together 19 years of experience <clears throat> as male educators in early childhood. And you personally, and I'll, I'll talk about my experience, but you personally have taught younger. Even younger. Than I sure. have. Um, to reiterate, you know, I spoke about it last podcast, but uh, 
I taught second grade for a few years, third grade for a few years, and now currently teaching kindergarten. It doesn't matter when you're messing with kids, you're messing with kids. And the idea of being in the classroom filled with both female and male children, identifying as both female and male, or either or, you have to be careful as the male educator. My number one rule, and I, I've been tipped off on this by heads of school, by principals, by colleagues, by friends, by mentors, by advisors. You never leave yourself in a position where you are the only adult in a room. And if you happen to be the only adult in a room, you stand by an open door where a neighboring room, whether that be a classroom, a closet that is housed by a janitor or a specialist, someone else is around or if there happens to be cameras in the current school i work at there are cameras recording in the hallways mm -hmm. not in the classrooms but in the hallways mm -hmm. where you are visible all it takes is for one little comment one little remark about a male teacher inappropriately touching a child and wow. that could mean a simple gesture of a pat on the back being interpreted as a inappropriate touch. Uh, I can tell you now, we currently do a program that brings in a company called Safe Touches. They teach the kids safe touches and what's appropriate and what's not. And they teach the children that wherever a bathing suit would be worn yep. is a place where a, it is not a safe touch. So mm -hmm. for a female, the top and a bottom to a bathing suit, which is a two-piece or a one-piece would be the top part. And then the bottom part, yep. where both privates are, you cannot touch that area. And I personally, teaching five-year-olds, especially given my height and stature at 5'10", five, 5'11", five, and these five-year-olds stand pretty much as tall as my waist, I've been definitely glanced and touched. They I mean, they, they pushed me in my butt. They've done a bunch of things. Sure. And he instantly, I, I kicked back to my moments of being a football player. And you know where I'm alluding to this. Yeah. I give them the straight Heisman. I yep. mean, a straight stiff arm. Yep. And uh, can't do that. I, I can't do that. And that's I, a no. I, I make sure I call them out on the fact that that's not a safe touch. I say you're, in front of others. establishing a boundary. Exactly. As I said last time, it's setting the tone. Yeah. Um, the other piece, I, I, as much as I need to build trust with my students, I find it very important personally to not have lap sitting for me sure. i'm in a situation where i currently co-teach mm -hmm. 14 and in this case this year 13 but 14 kindergarten students and i happen to work with a female educator and so i've set the tone with my co-educator in a sense where i don't feel comfortable having children sit on my lap and the sense where some children really need that nurturing environment i'm able to give that in different ways right from hugs to kind of almost huddle-like elements to pep talks. Right. And my co-teacher's better equipped to present the lap sitting, kind of the, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, the petting of the head or hair or the back. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Right. Um, full disclosure, I mean, I do work in a school that has had some allegations too. Yeah. 
And I think that there are many New York City independent schools, but many schools across the country. I'd say that dealt you'd, with... you'd be hard pressed <laughs> to find a school. Yeah. We we know about schools yeah. just in the Bronx or earlier Absolutely. this year that have had a situation with their after school director. Absolutely. There's lots of things that are always happening, yeah. and that's why you have to be, especially again, this is this is about male teachers. Yes. I mean, everybody is culpable, and I think that. It's important for everybody to be accountable and to hear these yes, things. Yes. But as a male teacher, there is a certain amount of almost, I hate to say it, but almost expectation, right? Yeah. And like like uh, a fear around it that I, I know, uh, you know, even even permeates like pop culture. Like, yes. uh, you know, I can recall seeing an episode of Friends where uh, Rachel and Ross are trying to hire a nanny. Yeah. And Freddie Prince Jr. applies. Sure, sure. And Ross is made uncomfortable because he's like, what's a man doing being a nanny? Or like, this is yeah. creepy. And it's like, well, it's not. And you're being prejudiced. Yeah. But I also can recognize that like, there's something that has to be broken here, right? There's some of barrier course. that has to be broken for people to recognize that there's as much danger one way as the other. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we haven't hit that yet, no, it no, seems no. like. I, I mean, I'm going to get into something that I've dealt with and I've lived with ever sure. since starting to be an, an early childhood educator. <clears throat> you know, I, as you know, I'm a big comedy fan. Uh, I will frequent comedy clubs. I'll watch the specials on Netflix or Prime or anything on Google. I've been to a comedy club in the sense where I've been asked what my profession is. And I have the choice of saying a teacher. Yep. An early childhood teacher. Yep. Or simply a kindergarten teacher. And I go to the point where I say, why should I shy away from who I am? Mm. And I say, I'm a kindergarten teacher. Yep. What do you think the two responses I get? Uh, I think the two responses you get are, uh, you know, some lame gay joke. Yep. You're Something either gay, easy, yep. easy, low hanging fruit. You're uh, gay. You're a yeah, fruit. You're gay. Yep. You're you know. I know who wears the pants in this relationship. Sure. And I, mind you, you're right. I'm sitting there with my yeah, fiance. You're sitting there with your fiance, so, right? So yes, I mean, you're absolutely right. I've right. gotten the gay joke, or right. you get the. And then the other one is you're you're disgusting, and yep. there's something that you're into about this. And go there, uh, please, please go there. Oh well, the uh, you know uh, I'm gonna see your name in the newspapers yep. in two weeks, yep. aren't I? Yeah. The nickname would be Pete. Or yeah, Petey. Petey. <laughs> exactly. Pedo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I've gotten both of those, and I have to be honest with you. You know, I, I as a student, I had to work my tail off to get those B's, B minuses, B pluses at times. And once I started taking those classes about education, child psych, child development, it all felt natural to me. It yeah. all felt like I was in the right place and I started excelling and I didn't even have to try. Right. I can take the whole, you're a kindergarten, you're early ed, you're gay, you're this, you're that. I, that doesn't phase me. But my point, like you just said, you need to break that mold. You're right. As 10 years now between K through two, and also running this camp, there is an attachment. The camp is different because it's a sports camp. So sports and males identify together. Right. But kindergarten and males, you rarely see that. Right. And so the assumption always where is... Do you, where do you think the cutoff is? Because I, I, I get the impression 
having gone on job interviews, sure. having having worked in schools, you know, all my life. Yep. I get the impression that I'm I'm a commodity yeah. to a certain extent. Yep. But then there is a point. There's always a point where people are like, Oh yeah, that's that's the norm and I wouldn't have hired you for this. I'm hiring you as a special, like sure, you're you're sure. something different, and you're bringing something new to the table, which I appreciate and I utilize obviously as much as I can. Yeah. But where do you think the cutoff is? Is it middle school? Is it high school? Is it fourth grade? Because like there yeah, is a certain yeah. point at which you do start seeing more men, and the oddity stops being there. I'm not saying that the fear stops being no, there because no, what no, we're no. talking about continues. That's real. That's always there. No, that continues. But where do you see it being like? Because you're talking about kindergarten and even second sure. grade where you started. Sure. sure, That's already tough. Yes. That's already new yes. territory yes. that you're yes. breaking. You're yes. probably the only teacher in that building that's doing uh, – only male teacher yeah. in that building in that age group. I was. I was. So where, right. do you, where do you think the cutoff is for men where it's like almost like, all right, we accept this. Yeah. This is normal. And we're going to start to recognize that there's a normalcy sure. here. I've come across – I mean like, like we mentioned – episode we're both Bankstreet guys I've yes. come across some third grade assistant teachers or co-teachers or head teachers I've always felt that like fourth grade though has always been like that beginning threshold of like oh you're a male oh you teach what fourth fifth grade maybe sixth grade or, or like I also get like what do you teach so when I say a specific grade level like it's what do you teach yeah and in our field we do everything we do the reading, writing, math. We do the foreign language at times. We do the history. We do the social studies. We do, I mean, it, anything you can think of, we do it. It's so funny. It's so funny you say this because when I went to elementary school, I went to a looped school. So okay. that means that first and second we're, were together. Yeah, together, yeah. Third yeah, and yeah. Sure, fourth. Sure. And fifth and sixth were together. I, which I enjoy that philosophy in many yeah. ways. So, I'm sure it has its cons. So from pre-K to second grade, I had female teachers. Third and fourth grade, I had two male teachers. Third and fourth, yeah. Okay, third yep. and fourth grade. Yep. So for me, that is the thing where it's like, okay, now this is like this is becoming a thing, and I think that would be true, you know, throughout. Sure. I, that that is what I project out. That is what I see out there, um, as being where it starts to creep in past yeah. second grade. Now fifth and sixth, I went back to having female teachers, but there are still in middle there. school. Yeah. You're back. Oh my god. Now, mind you, we're, we're switching classes you're back, every though, class. But you're still back. It was 80 to 85% male, male teachers. Of course. I, I, I see it every day. I 80 to yeah. 85% male teachers yeah. in middle school. Yeah. Six through eight. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a shocker. So like, then let, a let me ask you this question then, right? Fourth grade, and I mean, this is going back, like I said, I'm done 10 years. So let's say it's going back six years. Typically, children start their puberty phase fourth grade ish, especially girls. Maybe mm -hmm. even before that. Mm -hmm. I know when I taught third yes. grade. When yes. I, listen, when I taught third grade, I was teaching human growth and development. <laughs> Imagine that. Good luck. Imagine that, Tony. Books about the boobs and period and all that stuff. Talking about condoms. And, I mean, I'm, I'm third grade. That's eight nine year olds, people. Eight nine. But typically. The female starts. I don't, starts I don't even through. want to talk no. about biological flowers, let alone no, please, metaphorical please. flowers. No, no, I, I, I get, I get a little bit of, uh, as you would say, a little agita. I start sweating a little bit thinking back about it. But uh, yeah, I know I picked that one up at summer camp. <laughs> Secret camp. Remember, no, no, 
milk together. Sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. The 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 Jew in me is laughing at the Italian and Tony. Tony saying, from the Bronx, baby. Agita. Listen, as an educator, you have to be well rounded. <laughs> That's all I talk about. Uh, but what about I, what about when you get choked up? What do we call that? The uh, uh, the. Uh, yeah. The, you know, I had a co-teacher once used to say this phrase all the time. Can you yeah. remind me? Is it the? I forget. It's. The chutzpah? The chutzpah, that's right. <laughs> I once had a principal who used to say the chutzpah all the time. That's right. Because it has a, it has that sound of hocking a loogie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chutzpah. <laughs> and I used to love that phrase. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. But, uh, no, you know, I think that the important piece, though, is that as early childhood educators, there's always that attachment that you can be inappropriate. Yep. Because children are naturally curious. Yeah. And they're never wrong. Right. And so I know for certain, especially this year with my group of students, this is the easiest group of students I've ever had in my life. And I hate to use the term easy when it deals with kids. But what I mean by that is the lowest number of social, emotional, and academic concerns in a given school year, raising flags. And what I mean by difficult is that these kids know what's up. They're testing in ways that are well above the five, six-year-old level. They're talking about the boyfriends and the girlfriends. They know the private part stuff. They watch the movies. They see it all. They know what they talk about cheating and not cheating on a test, but cheating on a significant so, other. They know this stuff. So, 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 I, uh, to me, what you're what you're getting at here, and I think it's important, is now you have a you have a female co-teacher, correct, in this classroom, correct. Do you feel so? You're experiencing the same students going through the same things. Sure. Do you feel like you are internalizing and uh, having your own feelings around this different? from your female counterpart would that be safe to say yes okay absolutely yes i think that given the fact that we're in early childhood as a male we look at the situation the cards that were dealt for lack of a better term these kids that we have who are incredible kids and families through a drastically different lens because we are also told by admins by by advisors in graduate school by colleagues to make sure you take care of yourself. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you for instance, please, because I this is definitely something that's been uh, a, a current in my uh, work sure. as an educator. Sure, and I'm pretty sure it's been a current in yours as well. But I won't speak to yours. You can talk to that yourself. But in summer camp situations, there's a lot of swimming that goes along. And so there's a lot of changing involved. And depending on the age, there's a certain amount of independence with changing and not. And throughout the, throughout the, you know, various summer programs that I've worked with, there's always this moment, the first time you're doing it, where uh, for me, the experience is an administrator or a female colleague, somebody, a peer is like, okay, here's what's happening now. I'm going in this room with the girls, and you're going in that room with the boys. Yep. And to me, there's always this feeling of like, wow, you were so confident in that, and like, there's something like so comfortable for you about that. And I, I wish you hadn't said that at all. I wish you had sent the boys into that room by themselves, and I can like stand outside or something yep. because absolutely, I, I'm not. Cool 
cool with this. I remember being my first camp experience altogether. Yeah. I was in a room. I was in a, a an enclosed space. It was like a cabin. There was another counselor with me. He was several years my junior. Yeah. He had been at the camp before, but it was still like, wow, these are basically third graders who are undressing in front of me. Yeah. I'm also supposed to change to get ready for swim. This is the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. Was there like a bathroom stall you nope, could go to? Nope, there was nothing. Yeah. It was just so a cabin some with lockers. Yeah. And it was like, wow. and yes, there was a bathroom stall and in another building. Yeah, no. So, so if not somebody, option. not an option. It was not an option. There are those cases where if somebody is so uncomfortable, yeah, of course. you can send but them to that, this was but that not. is technically like the girls area. So it's a whole, uh, it's a whole to do. But basically the point was, there's nothing comfortable about this. I'm pretty sure every day I could be fired for anything that goes on in here. Of course, of course. And there is, there's no, there. It's, it's not that I'm doing anything wrong or that I have any impulse to do anything wrong. It's simply a matter of, as you said earlier in this episode, if one child says to any parent or administrator or another counselor, you know, Gabriel or yep. Mr. Zuger looked at me funny touched me helped me put this on in a different way i'm i'm done and Child's not only against yours anyway. not only am i fired that's the end of my career because i say that does it for you that's the end of my career all of my schooling is for naught and i didn't sign up for that like i didn't choose that yeah. i didn't say this was okay somebody else told me this is okay that you just go into this enclosed space and kids are going to get naked. Sure. Then they're going to put swim trunks on. Sure. And then you're going to fucking do it again yeah, no. when they After get out. Them, yeah, of course. Yeah, with a wet trunk. No, I don't deal with that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. What I, kind of situation are we really no. chilling with? I, I'd rather be – if you're splitting a group up and half the group is swimming and the other half is going elsewhere, I'd rather be understaffed back on the field. And have multiple adult bodies making sure that those grown-ups in the locker room are far away from the children. Still close enough that they're making sure everyone's safe. But they are leaving the changing pieces to the children to independently change. And that's the expectation. Just like I share the same expectation when it comes to sunblock application. A lot of families now buy the spray. So you could spray, you could help spray it on. I'm okay with the spray piece. Yeah, it's spray the actual sense. actual fact that you're actually applying the lubricant piece to it, the mm -hmm. lotion lubricant. Mm -hmm. And I hate to use the term lubricant, but in many cases no, that's no, what it no, feels it's, like. That's the technical you're, term. You're just lathering it on, you're basing it on, and the parents are all about make sure you get behind the neck and all this stuff. That's fine, but if you rub a certain way, if you're going close to parts of the body that's inappropriate. All it takes, again, is that child's word against yours. And you could have the best background. You could win teacher of the year, camp coach, counselor of the year for a decade. You could have the most unbelievable, recognized, glorious background. One remark brings you down. And like you just said, it ruins your career. So again, uh, again, once again, you've, you've raised two important points. And the first one being witnesses, witnesses, witnesses. Power in numbers. Power in numbers. It's a great Jurassic Park it, song. 
it, it, it's a great Jurassic 5 song. You know Tony from the Bronx. Oh, Jurassic yeah. 5, Blackalicious, up in the house. Um, power in numbers, and it's not just about like witnesses to harassment. Nope. It's about safety. Hey, don't do that. Hey, Private don't go back. there. Let them, let, let exactly. Jose put it on himself. Yeah. He yeah. can do that. Yeah. He's old enough. Um, so absolutely, that makes 100% sense. And then what you're talking about with the spray is touch and limiting touch as much as possible as because what we're talking about is you know uh, uh, uh lotion sunblock can be considered a, a medical device yes, yes. right and so if you're using a spray you know teachers or educators or count school uh, camp counselors are empowered to spray it on you sure however as we know with a spray you have to rub it on afterwards children are empowered to rub it on themselves yeah, instead absolutely. of having a parent or sorry a uh, counselor do it. But Gabe, it goes back to the last episode. Because I've life been, skills. It teaches life skills. It's though. life skills. Important. Though. But I've been I've been at fucking camps where where the motto is and 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 this might have been before spray was even really mm-hmm. as big a thing as it is sure. now. And I hope that spray continues to be because it's easier. Where the motto was, we're gonna model for the kids how to, how put, to put it, it on. on themselves. Well. That's the worst lesson you can ever no, fucking these teach. Kids don't give a shit it's like that. teaching a kid how to make a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And if you don't know what that's like, go ahead and teach your fucking kid right now to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Just go tell them or model it for them. See how theirs turns out. It's going to be crap. It's inedible. So the idea that you're going to model for a child, here, you squirt some lotion in yep. your hand and then you rub it together and you're standing like three feet from them as sure. you do this, this rubbing motion, and then you rub it on your skin. You know, but you're still pretending, hoping that they understand it, and you rub it on half your the face. Kids stop listening. Are you kidding me? They all have language yeah. learning disabilities and ADHD. But yet, you don't know half of that because they can't release that to you, or they choose not to release that to you because you're. It's a camp the counselor. second day of camp. Yeah, of you course. don't know any of this shit. I, I just you don't to, even know their names. They're still no, wearing fucking name tags. I have to bring this up because Please. you mentioned the fact of the children trying or attempting to do it themselves. One piece from a movie that just came to mind instantly, and you'll appreciate this, this is why I'm bringing it up. Think about Sloppy Joes and Adam Sandler movies. Okay. Billy Madison? Billy Madison, absolutely. I'm making it extra sloppy for you. <laughs> oh, think yeah. about lathering on all that sunblock. Oh, yeah. Putting it on, but not rubbing it in. Yeah. It's dripping all over the place. You have patches <sighs> that were not covered. And then there are coaches or counselors that are not accounting for those areas. That nope. child goes home, and then guess what? The camp director or You're the camp gets a phone call. So you and so win. came home burnt. I, I've gotten lose. these calls all the time. So I juggle, I juggle this, I juggle this dilemma because it's I don't want my coaches, counselors, or myself touching the kids inappropriately. At the same time, you can't have them going home burnt. At the same time, the sprays don't necessarily do the best job at covering. So it, you know it, it's a double-edged sword, and sometimes where Tony, you, you're looking. Tony, yeah, Tony, please, please. I'm an asshole. I know. You know I'm an asshole. I love it. I'm the best teacher I know, besides you, of course. Never, never, never. I learned everything from you. I'm the best counselor I know, and yet at the same time, to your very point, if I can avoid putting on yep. sunblock the second time. Uh-huh. Right. I agree. Re- we already we already put it on in the morning. It's that we already did it in the morning. Period. We already went out, but now we're gonna go out another time. Yeah, but little Johnny's if neck I is I can hurt. avoid 
dog, if I can avoid it the second time, if I can do bunk time in the classroom, yeah. if I can do games, sure. if I can do a gym, find a gaga in the in the building, I will do anything to avoid it because I'm afraid for my dog. I respect it. I respect it. And Absolutely that's not, respect it. And, and, and you have to, but at the same time, I don't want that to be the case. Nor do I think that should be the case. But will that ever change? No, it won't. And it and I'm not saying that it should change. I'm just saying that it is it's an unfortunate fact that we live with and I think that but I think that it's a fact that people don't recognize, right? And that's what that's no, that's I the agree. only thing that I hope to illuminate here is that there's there's so much that goes on in the school day, yeah. in the camp day that is beyond parents or bystanders understanding sure. whatsoever sure. and that this is one of those and this is this is one of those that affects male yeah. teachers you know again more highly than it does female teachers listen the reason why i still do what i do and i mean that in the classroom and on the camp fields because i will get at least one story per semester per year per summer from a family member or family, whether it's a card or an in-person message about the impact I, as a male educator, coach, mentor, counselor, whatever you may want to call me, was able to leave on that specific child does not matter the gender. Right. It's the simple exposure to a male that's not a father figure, if that's what they are having at home, or a male figure at home, someone other than that, that they're not used to seeing, and for some strange reason, and I still have yet to put my finger on what exactly it is, I'm not doing anything that you or any other educator, male, female, whatever you may be, could do or are doing. You're doing together. You're doing separately. But it's just a natural instinctual impact that's left on them. I've witnessed my own students and my own campers feel impacted by you. So I'm now witnessing a male educator impacting my own kids in ways that I, as a male educator, may not be able to impact. And I've been able to see it. But a family member at home who's relaying this message sees it times a thousand. Right. And so... For as much as the risk may be for you and I and other male educators, for me personally, I'm willing to take that risk each and every day, no matter what. However, it should be known that my role in a classroom, in my own in my own specific classroom that I've worked in now for years, and especially in the building that I've worked in for years, I still at times feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Because I have to tiptoe around certain scenarios that I believe non-male educators deal with. And that's not to target non-male educators whatsoever. It's something that you and I and other male educators unfortunately have inherited that we have to live with. I want to add to this. Please. Because uh, I do think it's important, and we're going to go to a break after this, that I have never in my career as a male educator been called into the principal's office, the director's office, the head of school's office, uh, phone call, email, whatever. I have never had an experience where I've been 
needed to be talked to by an administrator where I didn't think this is it. Yeah. Where I didn't think sure this is the end of my career. Sure. I didn't do anything. I, I, again, I will state that I've I, I've never had any impulses. No, right? I'm not going to do course. anything wrong. I'm a professional. Doesn't matter though. But it doesn't matter because, as we've said again, it's their word against ours, and their word is always going to be right. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We're not putting any judgment on that. No. Their word deserves to be right. Absolutely. But that being said, there has never been a time. Where I haven't walked into an administrator's room, you know, with my knees buckling, yeah. and my mouth dry, absolutely, just hoping that the first words out of their mouth aren't, you know, well, Gabriel, it's come to our attention. Of that. course, dude. The other day I went to a meeting, and it was a very somber-looking meeting. Don't worry, you didn't do anything wrong. Sure. Now. I, that, that should be the first word out I, of any I, any administrator's mouth yeah, when a male teacher now, comes in. Now, honestly, you and I, you're my brother. I love you to death. You know I'm not in a case where I would ever do anything wrong like that. But nope. I knew I walked in there seeing some stuff that I was like, wow, this looks like I'm walking into someone died at yeah. a funeral. Yeah. I knew I didn't do anything wrong. However, it certainly echoes the fact of, oh, shit. Like, did I inappropriately pat someone on the back during the soccer match? That was an incredible game. Or did I inappropriately hug the student that was finally mastered Math Facts to 10? And I gave him a big hug and I picked, I lifted them off the ground. And I said, I want you to remember this moment forever because you now know more than 5 plus 5, but 6 plus 4 and 7 plus 3. And good for you. Positive reinforcement. Was well, that inappropriate? Well, dog, dog, how do you go into, how do you go into calls with parents? If you have to make a random Tuesday call to a parent. Do you go into it going, oh, hello, Miss Johnson. Uh, how are you? No, you say, uh, hi. Wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. How, how are you? Um, I wanted to tell you about a situation that happened today. Are you kidding? They're already calling 911 on their fucking landline if that's how you start the phone call. How do you start it, Anthony? <laughs> Don't worry. Everything's okay. Hi, Miss Johnson. Everything's okay. You have Let nothing me tell to worry you, about. You have nothing to worry about. Let me tell you However, about. Let me tell you about something else. However... Comma. Comma. And then you go into what hey. it is. Listen. Hey. You you definitely listen. As an educator as a male, we are sprinkle donating the conversation. <laughs> I had to go there. Let me live. I had to go there. You sprinkle donut. You, you got a sprinkle donut. Just a little a little touch of the you, crunch you berry. Have to. Just touch the crunch berry, but don't go too far into it. No, it, it, it's Johnson, tough. this is Gabriel Zuger. I'm from your child's Go a school. little bit deeper than that though. Miss Johnson, this is Gabriel Zuber from your child's school. There it is. Nothing is nothing is wrong. This is not an emergency. I just wanted to call to let you know about a situation that happened. And earlier. then you bring your voice back up a little bit, and back and you to bring the it back up. There you go. So what happened was we were on the roof playing a game, and blah blah then, blah, yeah, and another child. Now we're moving on. Yeah. I mean, listen, we both know. The point is, you should go into every meeting getting that exact same treatment. Exactly. Listen, you're not being fired, Tony. You didn't touch a kid. Congratulations. However, what is that term? Now. <laughs> chutzpah. I fucking walk in there with chutzpah. Are you kidding me? Chutzpah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 is, it, it can be scary. And listen, I have educators who are fourth, fifth, sixth graders. I don't think they feel the same way we feel. However, though, those educators are dealing with those children. They're dealing with puberty. You're dealing with a whole different realm. 
Or yeah. they're asking questions right. about things that you and I don't necessarily have to deal with most of the time. You may right. get a kid who's like drawing pictures about having girlfriends and want to go on dates. And then it may lead to having a baby. But they're not they saying, might... hey, I'm going to have sex to have a baby. They're going to say, I'm going to have a baby. It goes from a date to a baby real quick. They're also probably drawing pictures at that point about God and other Black angelic. Jesus. Black Jesus, yeah. uh, other celestial figures that you may be confused about unless you're a part of the Mormon religion and know all the planets. He's currently the, talking uh, about a student that I might be currently teaching. These things happen. Facts. We We never know. Listen, I, I do want to establish, as we always do on the doll crayons, and you are in the crayon box if you have forgotten that at this point, oh, yeah. with the doll boys, that... uh. All, all students, all situations that we talk about are fictitious, and any, any situations relating to or uh, in any way resembling those of past occurrences are entirely coincidental. And um, the truth is, we combine like the hundred and ten students that we've taught in our careers, maybe more, into like one student. We think yeah. about like all the students and like all their bullshit that they bring sometimes. This is a conglomerate. And all the great yeah. stuff they bring, and then we make them into like one child. It's it's the same way that Raylan Givens oh, doesn't just embody just doesn't just embody you know any one U.S. marshal. He's every U.S. marshal that's ever existed, right? He is the embodiment of justice and you know flawed characterization in, in every way he's, he's a conglomerate he's growing but yet he still has his flaws and you see that and shout out to gabe zuger here to put me on to justified i've been binge watching this show it's a pretty solid show i mean i'm, I'm midway through season four okay as we've texted okay i've seen Patton oswald and michael malley now come on the show and i I laugh. I'm like Michael well, Malley. Michael Malley, who Nick who, Guts, my, yeah, the aggro crags coming. You know, it's all that stuff. But my, but also he's done a great job so far in the show. My previous experience of Michael Malley, and uh, I don't know what others out there sure. is, is with uh with a little known show called Yes Dear. Oh, do yes, you remember dear. Yes Dear? Was that a CBS? Show? I believe it was a CBS sitcom. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who else yeah. was on it. It was. You know, two families. The it seemed like the premise was there's a skinny family and a fat family, and they're somehow related to each other. It was kind of like a a Mike and Molly, but before Mike and Molly existed. Whoa, Mike and Molly. And it's wow. like, what the fuck was this show? Yeah, it was like one of these. Uh, I don't know. It was one of these CBS like uh, Garcia shows. Oh yeah. I forget what his name is. The guy yeah. who came up with the uh, My Name Is Earl. Oh and, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. And it's like. It, this isn't a show that has any kind of premise. It's like two and a half men or something, but it's I don't know. You, you pull at certain strings that you think will might lead you down a path that could be successful for at least two years, maybe right. two seasons out of it, and you run with it. And right, Michael Malley ran with Mike and Molly. Is that right. what it's called? No, or no. Was this, it, was, this was this was yesteryear. This was yesteryear. Sorry, I'm getting yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting Mike. confused. Well, because they seem alike, right? They and they it's and a they sort of different fit a same Mike. kind of, but they but fit Mike a same and kind Molly of genre. is about the whole. Isn't it an overweight couple? It's an overweight couple. So this yeah. is not the same overweight couple. No, that it's is a different it. overweight couple. So yeah. Props to CBS for yeah. definitely reaching out to the different Listen, skinny. You got you got the body image thing going. It's, good it's, for it's, you, it's CBS, good. and and you've got Hawaii Five O. So you Hawaii guiders are clearly Five. fucking LL winning. LL Cool J is on some show too. No. Oh, he's on one of the NCISs. Yeah. Fucking bravo. 
old yes. ladies love Cool J on NCIS <laughs> Las Vegas or whatever the fuck he's on. <laughs> so there you go. You got that going for you. So uh, we are going to be right back with more uh, Justified Talk, hopefully some Suits Talk, the Snack Report, and uh, Safety Advisory for all y'all fans out there. Welcome back. You are on with the Dull Crayons. This is Gabriel Zuger again, along with Tony from the Bronx. We are here to bring you the Snack Report. Yeah, boy. Uh, so this time we, what do we got. What do we got? Well, we have a, a favorite, a podcast favorite already. I would say simply for its box alone. When I saw this at the supermarket, I was absolutely enticed. I couldn't get away from it, and I know that it's going to be a, a personal favorite of yours. Are, are we? Uh, not to interrupt. Are we allowed to shout out the supermarket? The Associated. The Associated. So we've we've. <sighs> We've made mention in the past, yes. uh, Tony, that the associated that I go that I frequent sure, sure. is one block away from me. Right here, right? I've yeah, seen yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So now I've I've lived at the Mendelssohn Studios here, mm-hmm. uh, named for my wife, yep. uh, for ten years now, and the associated has always been there. It's been there under different guises, sure. but it's always been there as a supermarket. And I don't know what I would do without a supermarket one block away. I mean. Yeah. We've made mention that I I even open packages on the way home from my associated that is one block away. I love it. Technically less than a full avenue away from I my home. And it. I'm still opening packages to snack on. I think that is just so, absolutely so do the you New not York way. Do like Prime Now or like any of those food delivery processes where like you can get the food or you do get a little tempted to do that sometimes so we we neither have prime now okay nor have we ever used at this location any fresh direct like service you, you really utilize this supermarket that's we nearby. really utilize this so supermarket props nearby. to supplying a uh a there have been foundation for the local supermarkets now i will admit yeah. there have been and this is a a bit of I won't call it shame, but a bit we of... We have a confessional happening This is right a confession now. for Woo! me. I have been tempted to the dark side of Trader Joe's <laughs> from time to time by my partner, by marriage, to whom I'm related by marriage. And uh, I, I fought it off at all costs, as best I could, for a long time. Um, for me... A big issue was bringing groceries on the subway. It's hard. I I know. I've been there. I feel like... I've been there. I feel like that's a bridge that once you cross, you can't uncross it. That it is something untoward to a certain extent. And that um, I don't like to be associated with it. So when, when it does happen, I like to limit it. Um, and my feelings, and I've expressed this to my partner, and we, we, we tend to abide by this, is the things we can't get are gotten at TJ's. I respect that. Or the things we can't get at a reasonable price are gotten at TJ's. So, but mind yeah. you, most things we can get in our neighborhood are at a reasonable price that we're satisfied And with. I respect that. I mean, I live within two blocks of a TJ's. So, for instance, yesterday, I, I've been off as an educator. I'm off two weeks in a private school we, yep. we pay or at least not we but my families pay for vacations 
So I've been off for two weeks. So yep. I decided to go crack a dawn. They open at eight. I went at eight ten to Trader Joe's, and of course I'm there with my most favorite people of all, my old timers. Yeah. And you're talking about a delivery that has not been made yet. So the bananas are all still pretty green. They're not ripe yet. The avocados are not ripe yet. The prices are good. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking, I bought cauliflower. I bought peppers. I mean, I had a whole list for my fiance and I of all these veggies, you know, clean eating stuff, you know, trying to be really disciplined as much as possible. Yeah. I did buy some of those frozen gyozas, those vegetable gyozas that were pretty good. I tried some of that frozen mac and cheese that they offered. It wasn't great. Tried it, though. However, Tony from the Bronx, we support the local bodegas. Yeah. Associated is a form of a bodega of some oh, sort. It's 100%. kind of like, you know, the the godfather almost. Almost almost like that that, that, that important uncle or cousin you have that could play that far, father figure. Associated, key food. Key food by These far. are up there. I mean, sea Town. Listen, if you don't have a Sea Town in your neighborhood within at least a ten block radius, you're not hood. Don't consider yourself hood. You're not hood. So ever. You're not hood. Do not, do not do it. If your team was never sponsored by Sea Town, Popo's video, or any, any sort of Kennedy fried chicken, you're not hood. BT Dub, I'm so glad we're on this topic because uh, it has happened in past episodes that we've heard the radiator hiss uh, from the Mendelssohn oh. Studios. Uh, That's just a snake hiss. That's a snake hiss. It's a snake hiss. It's it's, it's but it's the project heat. We know it's the project heat, and so I'm I'm frankly surprised that it hasn't happened to us during this cyclone bomb that we are still cyclone in the midst bomb. of <laughs> cyclone. Yo, we the Bronx cyclone bombers. Uh. Surprised it hasn't hit us and Aaron Judge uh, this episode, but you know, Project Heat is something that comes along with Sea Towns, Associateds, and you know, just absolutely general hood life. Be careful with the produce. Be careful with the poultry if you're into that stuff. Yeah, be careful. But they have great bread, great eggs. And we have we have in this household we have very strict rules about what you can buy from a fine fair. Yeah, Ooh, and what you fair. can't buy from a fine Ooh. fair. There are. That is really hands-off, hands-on material. I, I might have gotten uh, this into a tangent, but I completely agree with you. No, I go grew for up it. with a sea town. Yeah. A fine fair. Yep. And back in the day. Shut up. Back in the day. Shut up. What we had. And I, 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 I this, this hits home. Uh oh. This hits we're home. getting, we're getting tear jerky here. We, we had, we, we had. The corner bodega that was transferred into a shop right. Shut up. Shut up. Remember the one train? It was I don't even believe you right now. But the idea you was. You had a bodega become a shop right. Yeah, and this was like. Which is the bodega yeah. of supermarkets. Of supermarkets, of course. And if you follow Bodega Cats on Instagram, this bodega was featured once. Wow. I used to go there. We're going back to Quarter Waters. Wow. We're going back to Linden's cookies, the 25 cent cookies. You said three per pack. Come on now. I know you're feeling me. I know you're feeling me here. When I was when I was courting my wife. Quarter water or courting? No, when I was courting. Courting. Oh, like wooing. Yeah, like wooing. Okay. You were <laughs> yeah. wooing your wooing. This yeah. is not Bronx terminology, but sure. When I was wooing. Did she passed the door test? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's classic. I got you. When I was wooing my wife back in the day, and she was going to an upstate college, okay, and I would visit her on the weekends. We would buy groceries together, sure, right, for for the weekend, for, the weekend, for dinners and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And you'd go down the main drag in this town, and on the left you would find across the street that that her apartment was on you would find a uh, a shop a stop and shop she was on the right side of the tracks a stop oh, and yeah. shop is on the left side of the tracks Woo! and on the right side of the tracks on what her side of the tracks what was it it's a shop right she was on the right side of the tracks so the uh, first rich? the first two times i went to woo my, you know, girlfriend, future fiance, future wife. Absolutely. I said to her every time I was like, "Baby, let's go to the stop and shop." You had that price tag I discount, didn't you? I can't wait. I can't wait to take you to the stop and shop. I can't wait to show you a good time. We've got <laughs> some serious brands over here, you know, quality items that are within their expiration date. Those cold cuts? Woo! And after a certain amount of familiarity, I, I won't say that anything changed in me, right? I, I would have still gone and crossed the tracks sure for this for this expenditure for her for, her. for your cup for your relationship. Yeah. This is, but this is not how she grew up because she grew up in Harlem. Well, she's a great woman. Are you kidding me? She grew up in Harlem. She's a keeper. And she was. I, I would. I would go so far as to say that she was judging me off the mm. bat for taking her to the stop and shop. And that she was hoping that you would I would have leaned to the shop right. And, and, yet and she so kept you around? She kept me around. What now the hell? she gave me time. She gave me time. She gave me time to earn myself, earn my keep. But so but that eventually, right? eventually wow. she won me over. I mean it wasn't hard, but you know, she won she won me over to the shop right and she would just say, Baby, we're going to the shop right. There's no way we're going over to the shop and shop. I've price checked these things. They are fucking the same material. They are shop this right. and that. You go to blah, shop blah, blah, right. You go to shop exactly. right. Exactly. That's right. And that's, you that's my yellow, wife to the yellow state. plastic bags. ShopRite has those Fuck yellow, yeah. funky Fuck plastic yeah. bags. Oh, my know, God. Listen, man. ShopRite, man. We're talking I used, about... to, get, I used to get the pre-made wraps from them. Mm -mm. They used to have a sale mm -mm. on them. If they made them early in the day, they had to get rid of them. They were originally 8 bucks. I used to get them four dollars i was like that's my dinner right there mm -hmm. they had beer on sale i mean listen shop right as a new york city resident manhattanite right now i can tell you i miss shop right it's on my car key keyring my shop right discount membership. god that's got to be sad every day you take those keys out and i can't use it can't use it it's unusable i'm stuck with whole foods Maybe a key food if I if I manage my way up north. I have a few different pieces here, but really, Trader Joe's is great. Cheap prices, don't get me wrong. It's good. It's it okay. I wouldn't exaggerate. It, it's no, great. It, it does it. Does, it does a job. But I never feel at home there. I don't need never. to be told where I should wait online. Never. I don't need that big, weird finger pointing. Line starts here. I'm sorry, motherfucker. I also don't know what their fucking aisles are. Do you know what their aisles are? Have you ever looked up in a Trader Joe's and seen a sign that told you what was in their aisle? Never. No. The reason why... Brilliant point. 
The reason why is because all of their aisles are like, well, in this aisle, we have frozen fish, well, that maple syrup, chocolate I syrup, I and you. fucking speculo spread. Yep. So what is that? What right. aisle is that? I've been told piece of shit. yesterday, like I said, I went at 8, 10 in the morning. I was trying to get some frozen strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, because the fiance wants to stay healthy and make some future smoothies. So okay. get some frozen berries along with some fresh ones. I go down the aisle in which I see frozen foods and I can't find berries. I find shrimp. I find some like I find fucking pigs in a blanket. The speculus spread you talk about? Hells yeah. It was there. Oh yeah, it was. I even found their version of bagel bites. Which I was never <laughs> tempted to even try because it looks hideous. I'd rather go to Sarge's Deli five blocks away and pay $27 for a fucking bagel bite. My point, though, you're right. I had no clue where I was going. You and mind you, you I had been there 20,000 times before. But because I had a set designated list not created by myself, I didn't know where I was going. You I found the sriracha hummus. I found the pre-cut carrots. I found the corn. I found the peppers, but I couldn't find. I couldn't find. But this is the frozen gyozas. I couldn't find certain pieces. I found the soy milk. This is a part of a massive problem, right? Why? Why? This is a part of a massive problem, and this is this this goes back to my thing about taking uh, taking groceries on the subway, right? The reason why you shouldn't take groceries on the subway, part of it is because you shouldn't be going to a subway uh, uh, a grocery store, sorry, and that isn't your familiar yeah, grocery store, course. right? Because there's something unfamiliar about it. You don't know where you're you going. Enjoy you enjoy the know. process of knowing what you're doing. It's so important yeah, in the process. It's so important to find what you're looking for, oh, where you're looking you for. We are creatures of habit, yes. and that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a no, bad thing no. to go into a supermarket and expect to know where to find a thing. Not or even if, or even if it's not your local, even if it's not your local supermarket, to you know that there's a baked goods aisle and you find baked goods yeah. there. And you're there's people you know, over and you want to buy a pie. You know where to go. There's a yeah. freezer aisle, yeah. and you, you know, know what's in the freezer you're making aisle. Making cases, you know what about wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shouldn't be a hard thing, but for some reason, to me, at Trader Joe's, that is a difficult task. I gotta be real with you. Go for it. I'll end it with this. I felt in a shitty way, not in a good way, because I loved this show, but I didn't feel right, like I was playing supermarket sweep. I don't know if you remember that show back in the day, but it was a show. I don't I don't recall what channel. The idea was you were supposed to find certain foods that had a label of being found. So let's say you're trying to find ramen noodles. A specific ramen noodle package had a circle sticker that said supermarket sweep on it. And that was the one you would grab and you put it in your cart and then you go to your next thing. You had a list of things you would get before the time would run out. I felt like I was playing that, except for I was not Tony from the Bronx. I was, in fact, a legitimate Stevie Wonder. Tony. I had no clue where the fuck I was going. Tony. No clue. Stop wondering. 
Stop wondering. I found the dried apricots and that was it. Stop wondering whether I know this show. And stop being Tony Wonder. Tony Ooh, Wonder Bread. You went there. Yeah. Oh, I went there. Oh, I went wow. there. Tony wow. Wonder Bread. Yep. Arrested Development reference. How was that? Wonder Lick, by the way. Oh, Wonder Lick is up in the house. Uh, stop wondering for the audience yeah. because I do know the Supermarket Sweep. Supermarket baby. Sweep. I don't know what fucking channel it was on because every remember. channel, every channel in the nineties looked like fucking twenty one or I PBS like like, does now. Yeah, like maybe right? even they PIS, all looked, like a special. They were they were all in standard definition. Yeah. They were all terrifyingly yeah. realistic in the most gaudy, awful way. Like you would never actually never want to shit. be watching this thing from start to finish. However, however, as a child. My greatest goal in life was to be on Supermarket Sweep. Because because as you mentioned, there were missions at the beginning of the episode, right? There were three contestants, and you had to score a certain amount of points, you know, going through certain missions at the beginning of aisles and, you know, finding this this item or that item. But at the end, if you were the sole survivor, what you got to do was greater than what anybody on millionaire yes. or jeopardy or chopped or any of these shows has ever gotten to do you got to fucking go down the uh, aisles rent it. and it? put in your cart anything that you wanted Hell and get yeah. as much money off of them as you fucking wanted this was the dream this was every child's dream think about shoving in the everything 90s. in the mom's cart or dad's cart or uncle's cart or where the fuck it was and they'd be like, nah, not today, homie. And then you go on the show, and you could put it in. No one's telling you you know if you fucking enter the room. You could put in around. one of everything you wanted. Like, you could put in the entire rack blown. of everything you wanted. It didn't matter. It was up to you. And at the end of the day, you got to keep whatever Hell fucking cart you yeah. wanted. That was the goal in life. I, I, anybody that grew up. Anybody that grew up in the mid-90s and didn't have that dream, again, not having watched the full show ever, just turning to it from time to time, didn't wish that upon themselves, didn't have a TV. That's the only proof. You just didn't have a TV. You just didn't even know what you were doing. That shit was my... That was the one and only goal. That and like being a part of you know those Nestle Quick commercials. Damn those Nestle Quick commercials. Uh, they were made good. it look really good. Yeah, they made that you know fucking Quick amusement park That's look like it was a real thing. Facts right there. I mean, fucking. I always I always thought that people who went to the uh, the Hershey's Park in Pennsylvania. Hershey Park. I've done that. Once. Park, I've done that. Yeah, once. I always felt like they were just like trying to trying to goose that shit up yeah. to be like the fucking Nestle Quick imaginary park. I gotta be real with you. Yeah. I felt so guilty looking at my mom and my dad reserving a night in the Hershey Hotel. There's a Hershey Hotel there. And watching the fireworks that were happening and realizing the only thing we truly got was a fucking Hershey bar. Damn. I must have been 12 or 13. This was two years of Good Pizza Rolls, Bagel Bites era for me. I knew the value of a dollar. And I looked at them and I was like, 
We got played. I'm. We got played, and that was a long car ride back in the Geo prison. We got played. We got played, and I felt bad. I felt guilty. I would never ask my mom or my dad for anything. I gotta be real with you. I made sure I kept my mouth shut for a very long, and they never enforced that. But it was the self-imposed guilt, knowing we stayed at the Hershey Hotel, and all we fucking got was a Hershey bar that I could buy from the corner bodega. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm glad to say that I can talk about this experience now, sure, but at my parents' expense, no. You know, my parents, my parents were never. I, I wouldn't call them stingy with money per se. Sure. Uh, but I do recall, and I, I've mentioned on this podcast from time to time before that I had gotten into the habit of the uh, buy me buy me that later. Yeah. Which was the uh, you know they I wanted a toy they didn't want to buy Amazon it for me. Buy now, say, that later. Buy yeah. me that later. Yeah, yeah. And they'd say yes, and that was all I needed. I just yeah. needed to hear it. The approval. So when when I saw commercials for something like a Hershey Park or yeah. more specifically. Six Flags. Oh. I would say, let's go to Six Flags. And they would say, listen, your brother's going to take you to Six Flags. Yeah, sales those when Coke he gets bottles, married. Coke cans, yeah. When he gets married. Wow. That so was that it. That was like a, a goal. So it was, well, yeah. <laughs> and also, your brother married. They had, they had somebody's name in mind, too. They had Sophie's name. I'm okay. going to put that out there. They oh, said, when your, brother, when your brother and Sophie get married, they're going to take you to Six Flags. And I thought, this is great. I'm going to get to go to Six Flags. My brother's getting married. Sophie, like yeah. the best of all worlds sure. is actually happening. Sure. I'm dying. You know, obviously that didn't happen. I wound up going to Six Flags with, you know, my sixth grade class of or whatever. Like, you had your can? Did you have it was your can, okay. Though? I didn't have my can. What the it hell? It was okay. Man? I know. I don't know what they were doing. It was okay. It wasn't as good as it would have been with, uh, with you know, with, with my brother and Sophie. Right. Um, but the the other point there being that uh you know they just like they never went out for it yeah you know they never went out for it I and get I, it. I respect that yeah. like i get that that they like cuz they're like you said there's like there's these pitfalls with it right and you get sucked into the yeah. the appeal of and course those fucking commercials are just geared towards oh they the do kids. a great job at oh my god it's the kids waking up the mom and the dad and they're saying Oh my God! There's a sale at Disney. Let's go there right Are now. You it me? is the worst. What a goddamn racket! If Associated had that fucking kind of commercial, it wouldn't have any of the produce you would need on a weekly basis. They'd be selling out like fucking hotcakes. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So this is what happens though. But you target your network audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. I, I I'm grateful for my experiences, but Hershey Park. In my opinion, as a 12-year-old, I got to ask mom and dad. I want to say 12. Yeah. Was a bust. Damn. Heartbreaking. Listen, that's going to do it for us on the Snack Report. We're going to be right back with a uh, special encore edition of the Dolcrans. Stay tuned. This is going to be one you don't want to miss. And uh, we'll see you in a minute. Hey folks, welcome back to the uh, Dull Crans. Uh, we ran pretty long on the snack report, so we are going to bring you straight to a special edition 
right across the wire from Tony the Bronx, and we're going to do a report that's never been done on Dolcrans. We're borrowing from some some other other broadcasts here. We're going to do a little freestyling for you. Chup, 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 chup. And we hope that you're into it. We feel that this belongs more in the Dolcrans realm than in the morning zoo realm. Absolutely. Bring the chopper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What does Cardi, Cardi B say? Norm Shane. Norm Shane. Norm Shane. Exactly. Finesse. Red bottoms. So. Uh, we're going to be bringing to you the classic Llama Llama Red Pajama, uh, authored by Anna Dudney. Yo, that's my dude. Anna Dudney. Dudney, where's my car? Hey. <laughs> so, uh, please enjoy the various stylings of Tony from the Bronx and yours truly, Gabriel Zuger, uh, freestyling. Llama Llama Red Pajama. Alright, so Tony from the Bronx is going with a futuristic track here. Mask off, baby llama. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know what it is. Get that purple drink swirling. Scissor. Llama Llama. Red pajama. Read your story with who? His baby mama. What? Huh? Mama kisses. Baby hair. Mama llama. Goes downstairs. Jump in. Llama llama. Red pajama. Feels alone with who? Without his mama. Future. Baby llama. Wants a drink. Drink. Mama mama. Kitchen sink. Sink. Ooh. Mama llama. Llama llama. Red pajama. What? 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 Calls down to his llama mama. Mama says, I'll be up soon, soon. Baby llama. Mama. Comes a tune, tune. Llama llama. Red pajama. Work the third. Waiting, waiting. Mama, mama. Mama, mama. She ain't coming. Baby llama. Starts to fret, fret. Baby mama. Get mama wet, Molly. wet. Chip, chip. What? What? Llama, llama. PCP. Red pajama. For his mama, mama llama, she DMing on the phone. Llama llama starts to moan, moan. Woo. Llama llama, oh, she getting the tone. Uh, llama llama, getting the bone. Llama llama, red pajama, uh-uh. listens quiet to his mama. It's moan, she starts to bone. What's mama llama doing? She boo hooing, boo hooing, and tapping on the screwing. Llama llama, red pajama. Hollers loudly for his mama. Oh! Baby llama starts to pounce. Baby llama jumps and shouts. Kama llama, cock block. Drake in the Mama house. llama, get no clout. Wow. Llama llama, red pajama. DJ Carrie. In the dark, without his mama. Eyes wide open, covered strong. What is mm. mama? Llama is gone. Llama, llama, red pajama. Weeping, wailing for his mama. Will his mama 
ever come. We don't know. We hope she come, come. Getting wet. Dripping sweat. Pause that shit. The time is dead. Alright, we got big zooves. Ready to kill this hate it or love it instrumental beat. Here we go. Oh, second back. Chip, chip, chip. To Andudene. Eight. Here we go. Eight. Llama Llama Red Pajama reads the story with his mama. Llama Llama kisses my be his mammy llama. Downstairs, Mama Llama reads Brandama. Feels alone without his baby mama. Uh, baby Llama wants a drink. Uh, mama Llama's at the sink. Bent What's over. up now? Uh. Llama Llama Red Pajama goes downstairs to call out to his baby mama. Uh, mama Llama says she'll be up soon. Uh, uh. Llama Llama hums a tune. Fuck out. Llama Llama Red Pajama. Waiting, waiting, waiting for his mama. Uh. Mama isn't coming yet. Baby llama, baby llama starts to fret. Fuck out. Llama llama red pajama whipping softly for his mama. What the fuck is up with mama? Baby mama hey! over pajama. Yo, llama llama hits his phone. Uh. Baby llama starts to hum a moan. Moan, uh. moan. Llama llama red pajama. Uh. Quiet listens for his mama. Uh. What's mama doing? What hey. the fuck is mama doing? What, she what doing? are you doing? What's she doing? What you brewing, huh? huh? What you brewing? Boo Baby llama starts booing. Hey. Oh, what's up with this mooing? She's screwing. My llama, red pajama, hugs Ozzy for his mama. What's up, mama? Cold brewing, baby. Baby llama sums and pouts. Uh, who's gonna shout? Llama llama jumps and shouts. Uh, you ready for the soldier mount? Gabe is uh, mountain doing, baby. Llama llama, red pajama in the dark. One is out, his mama wide open. Oh, you better know them drawers is open. Uh, covers drawn, all his mama gone. Uh, starts to fret. What's up on the steps? Uh, llama llama, red pajama weeping, wailing for his mama. Will his mama ever come? Uh, will his time ever run? Uh, mama llama, run, run. Uh, baby llama, what's his tizzy? So mama's very busy. Uh, please stop all this llama drama. Llama drama. Holiday drama. And be patient for your mama. What's up, ma? Fuck, Max. Little Flex, mama. Mike. Don't you know? Mama llama loves you so. Bitch. Mama llama's always near. Even if she's not right here. You heard? Fucking llama llama red pajama. Gets two kisses from his mama. Two snuggles two, and pillows. Two. Soft and deep. What's up, peep? You with ODDB? Uh, hey, baby hey. llama, go sleep. Uh. That's right, it's deep. You know what it is. Hey! Llama llama. We up to some drama. Hey. Uh, llama llama. Hey. That's the baka. Mm. Llama llama. Red pajama. Reads a story with his mama. Llama llama. Kisses mama. Baby's hair, mama llama goes downstairs. Hey, uh, hey, what, hey, what, hey. what? Llama llama, red pajama, feels alone without his mama. Oh, uh, baby llama, what, what? Wants a drink. Drink. Mama llama is at the sink. Sing, what, sing. what? You don't wanna, don't want no drama. Drama. You don't wanna, you don't gotta. Uh. You don't wanna. Frank Sabatka. Llama Llama, red pajama, calls down to his mama. Mama says, I'll be up soon. Mama Llama hums a tune. Oh. What is that worth? Uh. That slow, killer. Llama Llama, red pajama, waiting, 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 waiting. Just wait. For his mama. Wait, wait, 
Mama isn't coming yet. Mama llama sucks a fret. Mama mama nada nada. Fucking mama chat shit. Mama llama llama red pajama. Whimpers softly for his mama. Mama llama hears the phone. Starts a drama. Mama 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 llama llama starts a moan. What? Hey. Llama llama mama mama starts a drone. What? Remy who? Mama mama Remy mama mama red pajama. Quint listens quietly for his mama. What's that mama doing? Doing doing? Going through it, it. Oh, going through the shit. fucking motions, Tearing mama llama, baby mama, red pajama, starts the motions, boo hooing, mama llama, red pajama, hollers loudly, for his mama, uh, baby llama, stomps and pouts, motherfucker starts a fucking shout, what's hey, that, hey, uh, hey, hey. mama llama, red pajama in the dark. Fucking Tony Stark, what you doing? Eyes wide, you don't gotta hide. I can see it. Mama Llama calls out to his mama. Where's she at? Where's the drama? Llama Llama, red pajama, weeping, wailing for his mama. Will his mama ever come? Run, 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 mama, run, 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 mama, run, 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 mama, run, run, run. Baby Llama, what's a tizzy? Sometimes mama's very busy, bitch. Please stop all this llama drama and be patient for your mama, motherfucker in the house. Little Llama, don't you know mama doesn't love you so? You know, you know, we love you so, bitch. Mama Llama always near, even if she doesn't hear. Mama Llama loves you so, bitch. What's up, Llama Llama? All right, this is Tony from the Bronx back with Llama Llama Red Pajama, an official fresh take from the Doll Crans. Here we go. Here we go. From the Bronx to the Burbs, baby. Here we go. What an intro, baby. Lama Lama. Red pajama, here we go. Llama llama, red pajama, reads a story with his mama. Mama kisses baby hair. Mama llama goes downstairs. Llama llama, red pajama, feels alone without his mama. Mom, baby llama wants a drink. Mama's at the kitchen sink. Llama llama, red pajama, calls down to his llama mama. Mama says she'll be up soon. Baby llama hums a tune. Llama llama, red pajama, waiting, waiting for his mama. Mama llama isn't coming. Baby llama starts a fret. Lama Lama Red Pajama Lama Lama Red Pajama Lama Lama Red Pajama Ain't got no other choices Lama Lama Red Pajama Here we go now here's his mama Waiting there for you to stay Leaving her clothes off your head. Uh.
Llama, llama, here's the phone. Baby llama starts the moan. Llama, llama, red pajama listens quiet for his mama. What is mama llama doing? Mama llama starts for who? Mama llama, red pajamas. How is Lali for his mama? Baby llama starts a pack. Baby llama jumps and shouts. Llama, llama, red pajama in the dark without his mama. Eyes wide open, covers drunk. What if llama llama's drunk? Llama, llama, red pajama weeping, wearing for his mama. Here we go. Snuggles pillow, soft and deep. Baby llama goes, goes to, to sleep. sleep. Bitch, go to fucking sleep, and that's what you heard. Dull crayons, motherfuckers. Sure.